Welcome to the Nomcast, the Netflix original movie podcast. I am your host, Andrew Morgan. You can follow the show at NomcastPod on Twitter and Instagram, and you can check us out on the web at NomcastPod.com. All right. So excited for this show. I got my boys back in the house, uh, Chris Frodell of Argument Myself and Shane Beauregard of Media Mosh are here. So lucky to have you guys. Hello, gentlemen. Good evening. Thanks for having me on again. Always a good spot to be in. <laughs> I forget how many times I've been on. Oh, I'm sure. No, no, you don't. You have it in your little notebook no. somewhere. You know, I, I, I don't. It is no, no. I honestly forget. But uh, it's been on. I, I think you can have me as co-host now. <laughs> I've been on that many times. Uh, I think you're breaking up, Chris. Uh, I don't know. What were you saying? Uh, <laughs> it's a one-man band, <laughs> goddammit. What God I said it. was, no. <laughs> Edit an episode and then come back. Um, but Three, I'm happy to have... One-man band. <laughs> yes. I'm so happy to have you guys here, though. I, I love having you guys on. And today uh, is a jam-packed show, so we will we are getting right into it from the jump. Last night's Golden Globes ceremony happened, uh, even though, you know, most people don't give a shit um, and they shouldn't uh, based on all the uh, controversies or weird nominations going in. But um, unfortunately, it's still a thing and it's a thing that means something to uh, people who care about award seasons. So uh, we'll talk about that uh, right up top in just a minute. And then later we will come back and talk about there, this phenomenon that I've seen uh, where in the Netflix top 10, there'll always be one of these weird movies that you're just like, what is that? This is a Netflix original? Like, oh, it's not in like English, and but it's in the top 10. And, oh, it's got maybe some recognizable or it's got this weird action plot line. There's always one. And... and and we are going to cover some of those because they are worth talking about. Some of these are super dope uh, crime thrillers that you know you get to get to enjoy on so many levels, like as if they were their you know U.S. counterparts. Uh, you know, so if you don't have an aversion to subtitles, hang with us because uh, you know I know I've definitely had multiple conversations with Shane about some of these. We've been teasing talking about Lost Bullet, for instance, for like. It seems like a year uh, has gone by. So we're going to do that uh, after we talk about the Globes. But we'll start here. Uh, last night, uh, it was a weird experience for me, you know, watching people on Zoom accepting awards, uh, you know, having the Hollywood Foreign Press sitting there apologizing for not having any African-American members the whole time. And yeah, it was a, a weird, awkward experience. But uh, there are some things that are Netflix concerns going forward that I kind of wanted to spitball with the two of you. Some of the big news, there's uh, there was four major wins for Netflix last night. Um, best Actor in a Drama for Chadwick Boseman uh, for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Best Screenplay for Aaron Sorkin and The Trial of the Chicago 7. Best Actress Comedy Musical for Rosamund Pike for I Care A Lot. 
And best song went to The Life Ahead, which uh, if anyone listens to the show, uh, they already know that that is my favorite Netflix original of the year. So uh, the song doesn't mean as much to me, but uh, it's very beautiful. And Diane Warren, the prolific songwriter, wrote it and she gets herself a Golden Globe. Uh, And then, of course, there were some notable losses. But we'll start with the wins real quick. Um, I know when I when I was talking to you guys off air about the Golden Globes and some of these wins, Chris, you had mentioned uh, about Chadwick Boseman. To me, what this win signifies is that I think this is basically just the first notch in the belt of like that. He's on the road to winning uh, Best Actor at at the Oscars. And uh, to me, you were asking. Uh, ask me the question that you asked me because I think it's a very good okay. topic to kind of go through real quick. Again, I'm going to try and word it so it doesn't sound like I'm being insensitive. Sure. But this is just one example of how I see uh, posthumous uh, awards being given. Uh, sure. That it's it's almost like is it a sympathy thing that they're no longer here to show us what they they do have. Right. Uh, in their their acting abilities, was this performance worthy of the recognition, or is it because of his passing that they're saying let's give him one last award? Yeah, I mean, obviously there is probably some of that going on, but I, I, speaking for myself, he was easily one of, for me, one of, if not the best performance I saw all year. So to me, okay. as long as the category fits, you know, that he is the lead of that, you know, because it's kind of an ensemble piece and all that. But if you if you feel that he is in the best actor race, I mm-hmm. would absolutely have hand him the win because okay. he's electric in that movie. That, and Ma Rainey's a, a very good movie. Uh, it's still probably in my top 10 or 12 favorite movies of the year. And, you know, he's the best part about it. You know, Viola Davis is very okay. good too, very transformative, but he's absolutely the best part. Um, and considering who he was up against and everything else, he would definitely be the person who I would have picked, regardless of being a Netflix podcast person or regardless right. of, you know, liking Chadwick Boseman's work up until that point. I think it's arguably mm-hmm. the best thing he's ever done at the right time. And, and that's what to me made his passing so sad is that, you see this and you go, gosh, he could have done so much more. And right. and so to me, this one fits more in the category of like the Heath Ledger Dark Knight situation where it's like mm-hmm. he's just warming up. He was doing his best work at the time of his death. And unfortunately, the only thing we could do now is award him for this amazing role. And, and unfortunately, that'll be the end of everything, you know. So, yeah. It's a tough pill, but uh, and I understand your thought, but I would say to me, this is what should be occurring. So I think that's yeah. great for Netflix, you know, because last year Netflix had 24 Oscar nominations and only won two awards. So already I think this one feels like it's starting to wrap up, you know, and be like a lock come Oscar Sunday. Another one that seems kind of leaning towards, you know, a, a lock or or a better chances best screenplay for Aaron Sorkin um 
he you know obviously he's one of my favorite he's one of my favorite screenwriters of all time from a few back as far as a few good men all the way up to you know the present you know social network all uh, the west wing is one of my favorite tv shows you know he's just an amazing writer to me Mm -hmm. and you know say what you will about trial of chicago seven i think it's a good movie um you know some people put it higher some people have an issue with you know that maybe the the chicago seven isn't the most interesting thing around that time or that interesting of a story but i think it's a complex story to write he wrote it before all this kind of like larger black lives matter movement or any of these current protests were happening so you know it's not like he tried to aim it to be higher or bigger than it was so to me i think it's still a very good screenplay i think it has some third act issues but i definitely think that that one could go all the way and the golden globe kind of signifies something going forward with that uh shane you've seen the the film do you do do you like Aaron Sorkin? Do you think that's like my leaning is more? No, your leaning is is absolutely correct. Like he, yeah, he he's an all time great in my book. Um, and I thought it was a solid film. I don't have a problem. I was just looking over who he actually beat in that category. And yeah, I I would say that was a correct call on that on that particular movie. Even though I agree with your third act issues with the movie, it was still a really solid uh, movie. Yeah, and the weird thing the Golden Globes do, too, is they don't do really, like, they don't break up Best Adapted and Best Original Screenplay. They just toss them all together in this basket. So, I mean, especially with the fact that he can be in Best Original Screenplay makes it maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe a possibly an easier path because some of those people who he's up against last night will go away, you know, as far as competition. So. You know, we'll see, but I think that one's leaning more towards possibly another potential win going forward. Um, Best Actress Comedy Musical went to Rosamund Pike. Um, If anyone listened to uh, my podcast episode last week, I Care A Lot is a mess uh, to me. (laughs) It it had a lot of potential. I really wanted that movie to be good, Um, and I like Rosamund Pike, and I don't think she's the problem with the movie by any stretch. But um, I don't think this – some people are like, oh, well, because Rosamund Pike won and because uh, – we'll get to Andre Day in a minute. But, you know, I they're like, oh, maybe they're in the best actress race now and someone's going to have to pop off. I don't see it. I, at least I really don't see it for Rosamund Pike. Um, but, you know, kudos to her win. But I, I don't see this as a, as a thing going forward. Do you, Shane? Uh, no, the movie is a train wreck. Like it had <laughs> I can see me, you shaking your head the whole time. I had to call. Right, it, it did. It, it had potential, and I did like the first act and a half, and then it just fell apart. Yeah, and I think this is the end of the line for her because if she ended up winning an Oscar, I couldn't think of an actor and actress who won an award for being in a terrible movie. Like <laughs> I, it happens I every now and then, but a lot of times when that happens, it's usually because you know it's some kind of like quote lifetime achievement oscar or it's you know something to where there's a larger story outside of her or it's a make good this she's already you know been in the conversation with gone girl before and and a private war i think she was maybe nominated for too as well so i don't see this being something to where they're like oh we got to get her back in the conversation or we got to put her up i don't think that's going to be the case and to be honest i don't think netflix is going to 
ride hard for it either because they already have Vanessa Kirby and Viola Davis to try to push at the Oscars already in the same category. So I think that's going to kind of put the button on that one. Uh, and then the other one they had, like I said, is best song for the life ahead. They're saying this might have a chance. I think this gives it a little more life, but I still think uh, the her song from Judas and the black Messiah and some of the other nominees that they were up against last night, I think, uh, you know, it is the Hollywood Foreign Press, so it's not shocking that they picked a, a, a foreign film's best song with Diane Warren, who's this big showy name, uh, to pick that. So I don't think it says anything about what's going to happen in the Oscars going forward. And to be honest, uh, best song, I don't care much either. So, right. like, and a lot of people <laughs> won't. They're going to be, oh, yeah, no, I remember that song from Not a Lot of People Watch that I appreciate and not many others do. Oh, yeah, no, it, it makes sense. Um, but the losses here from last night is something worth noting. You know, and again, for all of these, you can couch it with, well, it's the Hollywood Foreign Press. What the hell do they know? Because <laughs> they're a mess. They're in scandals up to their elbows and, you know, uh, having so many issues that they have to address them during their own award show. So, but like I said, there were some losses last night where Netflix movies were at the forefront and then did not pull them off. Uh, we just were mentioning. So Andre Day wins for uh, the U.S. versus Billie Holiday that not a lot of people have seen uh, because I believe it comes out this weekend on on Hulu. So or it came out this past weekend, something along those lines. So you know, it's it's an odd choice in a stacked category where uh, I know Netflix was hoping to have Vanessa Kirby and, uh, you know, Viola Davis possibly take home the award. And the odds makers were putting at least Viola Davis that much higher than the rest uh, for that against Frances McDormand. And none of them won. So I don't think this loss means anything going towards the Oscars. Um, but. My goodness, uh, did everybody just go, what, <laughs> when that happened last night, which is a common thing from the yeah. Globes. Um, and then Best Supporting Actress went to Jodie Foster uh, and, you know, Glenn Close and Amanda Seyfried from Mank and Hillbilly Elegy, respectfully. They thought they had at least one of those in contention. You know, Mank had six nominations last night, didn't win any of them. Uh, David Fincher was literally taking shots for every time he lost, uh, you know, which was very entertaining to watch. Shout out to the Finch. Love that guy. Um, but, yeah. yeah, this was another one where we kind of wanted one of these major actresses to win because it would have been a sign of who might win at the Oscars. I don't think this tells me anything that Jodie Foster won. Um, so, you know. I don't know if any of you have an opinion on, on that race at all, but a lot of people are saying, you know, because Glenn Close, th that would have been one of those lifetime achievement type Oscars. And Amanda Seyfried uh, was a front runner at one point, kind of fell, you know, in, towards the back of the pack or, you know, as time went along. But this would have gone a long way to helping her and nobody got any help. Um, going back to the best actress real, real quick, because sure. I actually did see the United States versus Billie Holiday. Oh, you did? Uh Yes, and it was a it was a uh, it was a great performance, but I really thought Viola Davis would have. I thought she had it in the bag. If not her, it would have been Frances McDormand for me. Yeah, because uh, I'm not. I wasn't familiar with um, yeah Andre Day, 
I had to look her up because she's not in a whole lot of stuff. No. Um, that I saw because she blew like it really was a uh, just a I, hats off. <laughs> I, I'm getting tongue twisted here because it, it was a really great performance on her part. I just I wouldn't have picked her over the any of the other ones in that category. Yeah. Is she a musical actress from like the stage? I thought that was kind of, I thought she even might have been in Hamilton. I'm, I haven't seen Hamilton, so I can't comment on it. Um, but you know, yes, I'm that one guy who hasn't seen Hamilton. Uh, it seems like everyone I know. Nope, okay, seen it everybody here. All right, we're we're amongst <laughs> friends. That's yeah. cool. Um, I'm just anti Disney Plus. You know this. You come here for the Netflix co- content. We're not here to uh, promote uh, musicals from five years ago that could somehow be up for Golden Globes. So that's uh, another weird thing that <laughs> happened last night. But at least they didn't come home with any trophies. So that's good. But yeah, no, I completely agree. Shane. Like uh, that's what people have been saying about Andre Day. Like it's, hey, great job, but your movie is a almost below level biopic that you know is a mess story wise. That it's very cursory. Like they don't get into anything deep in that movie, even though the trailer makes you think that it's gonna like be these deep issue films. You know, especially with a name like the U.S. versus Billie Holiday, I was like, "Whoa!" This big, you know, thematic, uh, you know, like civil rights thing, or, or you know, just a lot of issues during that time period. Yeah, and then I have haven't heard anyone be like, "This, this is the movie I want to ride going forward." No one said that to me. Um, and then the the real big losses last night were also Best Picture and Best Director went to Nomadland. Which, um, you know, is a, is a really good movie. I'm not going to, you know, say that that was a shocker by any means. They were either neck and neck uh, with Chicago 7 going into the night. But, you know, Netflix has got to feel worse about their chance at Best Picture this year uh, with these two losses, uh, especially. And even Best Director, I thought, you know, that David Fincher, you know, who's never won... Uh, best director before and he's one of our best living directors that he might on oscar sunday get you know kind of one of those we are saying a little bit of a lifetime achievement-y type thing here you know with a a movie that isn't his typical like sinister theme stuff it's not zodiac it's not fight club it's not seven you know it's not even gone girl you know it's it's closer to you know benjamin button stuff which got you know or you know social network which are were more palatable to the the critics and the and the people who were the voting bodies going for these award shows so i was kind of surprised that fincher didn't pull it off but it, i i think these two losses really don't help uh chicago 7 who a lot of people were putting neck and neck with nomad land going forward uh do do you guys think that the trial of the chicago 7 still has a chance to to win best picture I do. I, I really do. Sometimes, like you can't. It's almost like a curveball. Like just because they they're picking momentum from the Golden Globes, Oscar night happens. And again, I think uh, sometimes, like you made a good point, David Fincher. Sometimes they might just this call it what it is. He might get Denzeled into the night. Like they might just give him yeah, sure. like a, be a lifetime achievement or like they did with Denzel Washington. People said. Right. So I don't think this hurts their chance at all, to be honest with you. Um, I think they're neck and neck going into Oscar night. Yeah, I think the status is probably the same. It, they just have to probably feel like more on their heels, which, you know, 
Netflix, at this point, I don't know how desperate they are for awards. I mean, they always want to be in the conversation. They're they're loaded in, in how many nominations they got for this particular award show, uh, plus some of the other upcoming award shows that we'll keep track as well with Critics' Choices coming up real soon. Um, you're going to have the uh, Directors Guild nominations uh, the fo- uh, in a week or two. Um, you know, Writers Guild and and SAG and all these other ones that will be, and Producers Guild, all these ones that really will signify where they are in the race. And this is just the first one, so people are overreacting. Um, and it's good to actually talk it out with you guys to kind of be like, all right, does this mean anything? Is this you know, a death nail for anybody. I think the only one that really is, I, I think their wins are more of a, a signifier, especially Chadwick Boseman for, for a lock status. But I think the losses are, you know, a little more either it knocks them down just slightly or it doesn't mean a damn thing like the, the Andre Day and the Jodie Foster uh, wins just being typical Golden Globes you know, what are you doing <laughs> kind of things. So, but we'll see. And especially the Andre Day one doesn't shock me for the Golden Globes love to like pick these people who they think are going to be the next big thing. And Chloe Zhao is a perfect example of that too. I mean, she deserves it regardless, but she's also going to be in the Marvel universe yeah. upcoming. So she gets to do these interviews where it's like, yeah, I'm this cool indie filmmaker and, and look at this amazing movie yeah. I made with, Francis McDormand is like the patron saint of indie film and you know and oh yeah by the way I'm making the Eternals next so let's talk MCU let's talk all the the big studio stuff and and kind of get the best of both worlds so you know I think that goes a long way especially with the uh, Hollywood Foreign Press so not a shock in that win but I know David Fincher it will probably be taking a few more shots maybe before uh, Oscar Sunday because he won't know what the hell is going to happen much like anyone else. But um, thank you guys for letting me talk that out. But I figure uh, we'll take a quick no break problem. and then after uh, we will talk a little uh, international garbage crime. I'm, I'm all about it. Some of these crime thrillers. Oh, so excited. All right. We'll be right back. <laughs> Hello there, I'm Colleen. I'm Anders. And I'm Daniel. We're three nerds that met through our love of science fiction and fantasy storytelling. Of course, one of our favorites is George Lucas's signature achievement, Star Wars. And if there's one thing the internet definitely doesn't have enough of, it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So here we are with yet another Star Wars podcast, where each week we discuss one of the films in the current Star Wars canon. From the sands of Tatooine to the levels of Coruscant, we cover it all. Yet another Star Wars podcast is available wherever you get your podcast and is part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Dave. And join us every Thursday for a new episode of Two Player Bros, a podcast about two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and Dave as we talk about the latest in Xbox, PlayStation, PC, and VR news, previews, and reviews. We have it all, and we play it all. And join us every other week for Post Game, where we play through and dive deep into our favorite modern classics and new releases. That's Two Player Bros, available every Thursday wherever you get your podcast. Part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. All right, we're back. I can't wait to talk about this this phenomenon that I've, I've seen happening on the Netflix Top 10 and some of these articles that I've seen uh, about the viewership of some of these international crime thriller movies. 
that I always see around. And I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, what is Rogue City? I've never even heard of this. And now it's on, you know, number eight on the top 10. And you're like, what is happening? Um, it keeps happening over and over again. And it's not like just the Netflix originals. There's always like some of these garbage crime movies like Triple Nine or Den of Thieves or Ava that are like number one on the Netflix top 10, even though they were kind of failures as movies at the box office or, or when they came out. It's this amazing phenomenon. And by the way, I don't know if uh, it's a crime movie, but I also just heard today that Netflix just acquired a new Liam Neeson movie. So buckle up for that, too, because that's probably going to be right in line with everything else. But Lawrence Fishburne's in it, too. So uh, don't knock the fish, man. I'm all about it. But (laughs) Netflix international crime thrillers is today's subject. uh, And, you know. Shane and I have been talking on and off about Lost Bullet, which is one of the films that we're, we're going to cover today, where it kind of started like, oh, right, there's all these kind of similar movies to these movies that we already like uh, the English side of. And then I'll read like these articles where, you know, it's like, oh, this movie, you know, this French crime thriller had 30 million views. And you're like, what? I've never even heard of this movie. And yet it's doing not only well internationally, but also in the U.S. And so uh, I kind of wanted to dive into some of these. Some of these seem really cool. And the movie that was the impetus for all this is Below Zero, which came out uh, just, I don't know, about a month ago now. I think it was at the, yeah, the end of January. And this movie, I I don't know if it got to number one, but it definitely was in like the top five, top three level of Netflix in the U.S. And I was like, wow, really? <laughs> like, I didn't see yeah. this coming. And uh, but we constantly talk about these films. So, Shane, what what do you love about these that like I because I feel like we talk about them all the time. I was geared up for this. Were you as psyched for this topic oh, to finally come through? Yeah, a- absolutely. Because you know, I look at you and you're you know, I should be watching movies like Mank, but I don't. <laughs> I gravitate towards Lost Bullet and Beast, and now when I hit Random Mix, that new feature oh, on Netflix, yeah. it just some of the stuff that shoots me off there. I'm like, eh, that says a lot about me. Oh God, yeah. And Chris, I mean, you're our, you know, Netflix, you know, foreign ambassador here. So (laughs) I had to have you on the pod as well. Um, And and is this a genre that you're as excited as we are before before we kick this project into gear? I don't think I can be as excited as you two. Um, (laughs) I uh, I look at it as what has Andrew assigned me now? Um, (laughs) Okay. I'm I'm all for everything. I, I I really I I grew up in the '80s. I love the action '80s actioners, but I can't wrap my head around people trying to emulate that mm. poorly. Right. So watch your you know, mouth. <laughs> well, I'm just saying this, this is where my head's at when people are are trying to uh, pay homage to uh, you know all the '80s and early '90s actioners. And failing at doing so, uh, it makes me uh, wonder why I ever pressed play. You know? Yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely, you know, 
and again, it's a streaming service. This is a volume game. So some of these ones yeah. you're going to turn on and go, ah, oh, why, why did I do this to myself? But then hopefully today we're going to unearth some of these ones that you, we should all should have been watching all along. Like, and now, you know, even though these are in, you know, maybe French or Spanish or, mm-hmm. you know, anything of the like, we can now, you know, enjoy as long as you, you're rocking the subtitles or uh, if Chris still has his dubs on for some reason. Uh, you know, I don't know if, how you were watching some of these films, but, you know, to no me, dubs, it's, subtitles. It, you are the man. Finally figured it out. My <laughs> man. Um, but but let's start. Let's start this up, guys. I, I'm super excited. We got four films today. Uh, the first one, like we said, because Below Zero was the one that kind of started this conversation. Uh, I figure we'll start with that one first. It's a it's a Spanish international crime thriller uh, starring Javier Gutierrez, uh, who plays Martin, um, who had a small role in Assassin's Creed. If you're <laughs> something who, uh, you know, really wants a deep dive, he's not in that top billing. So, But you might be like, hey, I recognize him. Uh, that's about as much as you're going to get out of some of these films. Some of these films... You know, they're all international actors. They're they're acting in their country of origin. So uh, it holds nothing against them, but it just makes me less familiar with them. Uh, it's co-written and directed by Luis Guillez. Uh, it's his second feature, uh, his first since 2014, with a pan movie called Out of the Dark with Julia Stiles. Uh, I'm sure nobody saw that. Uh, I've never even heard of it. And the movie is also co-written by Fernando Navarro, who I don't know if you watched this one, Shane. It was on my list. Uh, Unknown Origins. It's a Netflix original that, uh, you know, is kind of like kind of a superhero-ish movie. Did you, I have not seen that one. You know that I one, have. Chris? You have yes. seen it. Was it it's any very good? entertaining. Yeah. Oh, okay, uh, cool. I, I liked it. It's it's been on my list. Uh, I haven't gotten there, but it it intrigued me. You know, again, like a foreign version of what we kind of do here with some small superhero films. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. Let's try this out. Yeah. But I, I haven't gotten there yet. Have something good in, under his belt. Yeah, so that's the co-writer of that. So uh, you know, you get a little bit of something that we might be familiar with. Uh, the current scores on it: uh, six point two for IMDb. 88% tomato meter and an audience score of 57%. Um, I'm more closer to the tomato meter here. I, I enjoyed this movie. Um, uh, for anyone who hasn't seen it or isn't familiar with it, it's when a prisoner transfer van is attacked. Already great. Already love those type <laughs> of premises. Uh, the officer in charge must fight those inside and outside while dealing with a silent foe, the icy temperatures. So, you're dealing with, you know, it's like Ice Road Truckers meets, you know, like some kind of amazing shoot 'em up film. It's, you know, I, that's, and that's even completely underselling it. Cause to me, already loved the premise going in. It added the elements uh, of the, the standard prison transfer plot, which has kind of been done. But, you know, you get the breakout twist of not saving someone from prison, but just trying to get them out of the van to then have them for your own which is wild of a twist here uh that i i absolutely enjoyed the claustrophobia the truck full of prisoners is always a great idea too um but to add the elements i think between the pacing of this film and some of the music it almost had like a horror element to it 
uh, kind of mixed in here. Did you guys feel that at all? I could, I sort of. Go ahead. No, I felt everything you did, the claustrophobic feel, all that. I didn't get the really horror element uh, feel to this at all. I mean, because it's kind of like this lurking potential killer out there, you know, and they're kind of, you know, trying to check to see if it's safe to go out. And this whole thing, it, it felt like a Carpenter movie at times that you're just getting like this element of where is he? What is he doing? And then at one point he's like fixing a flat tire and you're like, this is kind of weird. But, uh, you know, but <laughs> he, he, he's, you're, you're sensing what kind of guy he is and, I, and I'm all for yeah. it. But you got to love a killer who could fix a flat, man. That, that is uh, almost a requirement now that I need. But, you know, this movie had everything, you know, prisoner fights, a guy gets lit on fire, attempted drowning in ice water, like everything you could possibly want. So, Chris, I'll, I'll start with you. Uh, what did you think of the film overall? Uh, you're right. It had all of that uh, except a uh, poorly written screenplay. Oh, no. I'm starting off strong. Oh. Uh, it, it, it To me, I was just like, well, what's the point? I was getting some Carpenter vibes, Assault on Precinct 13 kind mm-hmm. of vibes to it. Um, but it, it seemed to meander with getting to the point and it, it just I, I was scratching my head throughout see i like that it, sorry go ahead no 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 no. just trying to figure out uh what the motivations of the the guy trying to get in who's with him who's going to benefit from what you know it, it just uh, to me i was just i was trying to find the point so you now know I'm going to try to keep this, you know, non-spoilery because yeah, yeah, we're yeah, kind of course. doing this yeah. uh, sort of in a recommendation status a little bit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, to me, once it's unraveled to what he wants and, yeah. and the fact that you have this this constant shift of the scenario, you know, I was clocking it, you know, in kind of like an act structure way. This movie is an hour and a half, like a lot of these movies are, which I totally appreciate as I'm going through Oscar season here or whatever, where you're like, Hey, here's a two and a half hour drama. It's like, all right, can I get an hour and a half of people fighting for their lives? Let's just do that every now and then. Um, But this film, you know, a half hour to get, you know, the people, setting up all the characters, all the prisoners, the the police officers and getting them in the the transfer van and moving on to the icy roads, into the elements. And then, you know, clock that act out. Then you got the the start of the fight for survival and the uncovering of why this person, you know, attacked the van and what what they actually want. And then obviously the last act being the the fight for survival and and what and seeing truly what this guy wants and why it was so important to him i i actually thought everything paid off so i i I thought you know and especially for such a tight movie i thought it kept the tension the whole time because 
you know, you start out where you don't know what he wants and you think yeah. it's over one thing. You have a lot of shady prisoner characters here that it could be any of them setting something up, or at least it could be at least two or three of them, kind of the, the more outspoken people here or the more duplicitous characters. And then, you know, once you realize how this is shaping out, it's just a dogfight for for a long stretch of time and i i appreciate it um shane where did you land on this one you know this movie's kind of funny because i tried to watch this when it first came out because it was trending number one for a little bit so i was like all right i'm gonna check this thing out yeah i for whatever reason that night i just wasn't vibing with it i it took me like two separate times and i wasn't even drinking that night it just <laughs> took me like two separate viewings to like get through so when we were talking about this, like, All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fresh set of eyes, just go back and watch it. And it's funny because I forgot that whole first scene in the movie. Right. I forgot that it was even in the movie. <laughs> but, but as it kept rolling along, I find my, I find myself very immersed in this, in this movie, especially when they did the old, uh, oh, you think it's going here, but no, it went this way yeah. with the plot. Yeah. Without yeah. ruining it. Once you find out like what he wants, but for me, I was, I was just giving him the guy he wanted, and that would be the end of the movie. <laughs> the, you know what I mean? Yeah, but you don't know uh, what this guy is capable of, and that's kind of what keeps the tension at bay. Right. Also, it, why would we give him over? You don't just, you know, this is a a, a a a police officer with not only a certain set of skills, but also, you know, that he has some <laughs> integrity, you know, that he wants to to finish the job. So, yes, is it? somewhat of a service level thing here just you know this kind of like good cop thing here yeah but does it work to to kind of help some of the the plot line along absolutely in my eyes anyway it it, it works for the most part there are, i felt there were like one or two scenes that weren't necessary in this movie at all the way the third act ended up unfolding okay i don't want to spoil it, but there's a there's a scene in the first act where you meet martin and he's with his wife and his daughter yeah i thought that was a little bit I, I think that's only supposed to set up just that he has something to lose right right he has a connection right to the whatever um so i thought man <laughs> eh, you could have done without that scene some others but then you know if you really think about it it did make sense in a way his character was and he's understanding of this certain certain situation um my only issue was like the last 10 minutes in the movie per se uh the final confrontation between everyone up until that point though i was i was on board and overall i do score it more where you score it i see like the more the 80 percent than the 52 percent sure yeah it was surprisingly good for me uh based on the first time i try to sit and, and watch it yeah i mean we're gonna kind of you know go through these a little bit here and i of the well let's put it this way just to tease the audience uh and possibly you guys we're going to do four films here, and only one of them I did not care for that much. So, oh. you know, the rest of them I was totally on board. And this one is, like I said, it fits more right into the the on board because, you know, it held me. It was, it was compact enough. It had a lot of tension. I was all over it. I would absolutely... Uh, see what these people do next and I thought you know and I thought it was even well casted like the, these people you know and how they co-mingled within the transfer van and everything else I enjoyed all that you know I thought they had unique enough personalities I wanted to punch the kid who they wanted like as soon as I saw him just something about his haircut I think yeah. and everything else in his teeth just his all teeth yeah he just looked yeah. like a, a dirt bag 
uh, you know, punk ass kid that I just wanted to punch the whole time. So well, well casted in that regard yeah. because I was like, yeah, feed him to the wolves, kill him. I don't care. What do you do? Oh, I don't even need to know. Just make him dead. Um, but so, so to me, I think this one warranted the attention it got, uh, being uh, on the on the top ten as much as it did, and it's something that like you know. I hope it actually, like I said, it makes me actually more into maybe giving unknown origins a chance when I was sleeping on that a little bit more on my list. Um, the next film that we're going to discuss is the decline, which is a movie that I, I, it was, you know, teased to me from or promoted to me through Netflix or whatever. You know, they constantly had that on my front page. Like, Hey, we think you'll like this. And that image that they use for like the cover art where it's this guy in a ski mask, just looking, you know, terrifying. Yeah. I was just like, all right, yeah, I, I can get behind this. Um, and you know, and the premise to me also spoke to me because we're kind of in this situation right now. We're yeah. in a pandemic. It's going to be kind of topical to be like, oh, maybe I should plan for my survival or, you know, we, especially at the height of it, like back, you know, like, 10 months ago yeah. we were all like hey should i start growing tomatoes should i start growing my own crops should i start storing guns what should i do you know like because nobody knew anything what's um, a toilet paper alternative yes exactly <laughs> but you know so this movie plays upon those type of fears and thoughts because it's a movie about six devoted fans of an extreme remote survivalist trainer uh, they all go to this expansive secret compound for a time of personal mentoring uh, when a tragic accident leaves one person dead and the survivalist experience transforms into something none of them saw coming. Uh, this is a one of the I think it's the first movie that Netflix did with Netflix Canada, like the their first original Canadian film. And of course, it's on the French side, so we can't know what the hell they're saying. No, I'm kidding. Um, but, you know, it was a, a shot in Quebec, I believe, and, and out in the wilderness there. Gorgeous settings uh, in this remote, uh, you know, excursion that they do. Um, to me, I thought, the, I, I, like I said, I was bought in again by the premise. I love that it's like, you know, putting people out in remote destinations yeah. just trying to to fight for survival um i th i thought this script chris uh was incredibly uh tight um you know impressive economy of character depth um you know it shot extremely well the action scenes and some of the the more athletic moves with the cinematography was very well done mm -hmm. especially when you consider that this movie has a 5 million dollar budget uh you know it's super impressive dollars? Yes. Yeah. So it's even more than you would think. Right. Um, so, but it's uh, it's well casted for believable types. There's a lot of subtle performances here with a chaotic ending that packs a huge punch or stabbing or chokehold, depending on uh, your frame of reference. Uh, and then it, that end fight sequence is so realistic and so enjoyable. This movie grabs you right in in by the throat and and doesn't let you go for the last half of that movie uh shane this time we'll start with you what'd you think of the decline i loved it i loved it in fact i randomly watched this movie when it came out like right at the beginning of our pandemic uh, again like you it flashed up on like hey i think you'll like this guy's ski mask i'm in <laughs> out in the woods you got me and i just found the topics to be so relevant like you said I love the way this film was shot. It has such like a boots on the ground kind of feeling to it. 
Uh, even with the dynamic, in, in some of these movies, you get a bunch of people together. Of course, they have like different ideologies, so they're going to disagree with certain things. And is it stereotypical? Maybe. But I think in a real situation, like these people are going through, you're going to have these people who want to turn on a dime on each other yeah. and, and gang up. And I just love survival movies uh, to begin with. Yeah. So this movie was very fast paced. I love the lead actress. I kept calling her discount Zoe Saldana, but I think her, <laughs> the Rachel it's character. I, I, yeah, I, sure. Yeah. Yeah. I really loved her character. I love the dynamic. I just, again, I love the cast. I love the guy who hosted the channel. It, it, it spoke to me. It was relevant. Yeah. It just was a fun, nice, tight hour and 26 minute ride. Um, that was one of my most enjoyable movies that I saw last year. And, and Chris, I know we spoke off air. And I believe you also enjoyed yeah. this movie, which is why the first thing I want to mention before you get into your assessment, what the hell critical scores? Like it's so all over the place. It's got a 5.9 on IMDb way yeah. too low what the hell um and the audience score on on rotten tomatoes is 65 percent. that's way too low this movie is so good and uh, and the tomato meter is 90 percent. so none of these even make sense no, so like it's it. so the critics seem to like it more than the average person I don't know if this is like survivalist backlash that they're like, oh yeah, of course, yeah. make a survivalist movie where it all goes wrong. You know, the hotheads who want to, you know, save themselves from, uh, you know, the pandemic that's currently going on, you know, or something. Um, and, and this movie, like you said, Shane, uh, March 27th of 2020. So yeah. landed right at the right time. So I think a lot of people. Maybe after they were done watching, uh, you know, Outbreak and Contagion, uh, they were like, oh, hey, this one looks interesting, and then popped that on. So, Chris, this was uh, one of your assigned ones, uh, The Decline. How would you feel, buddy? I, I really enjoyed it. Like, I, this, this to me is a tight script. This yes. is, you know, putting people in a situation, uh, taking away uh, their, their ability to uh, contact the outside world uh by having their their personal artifacts uh being taken from them because yeah. now you're in it you have to learn to survive you're you're being mentored how to survive and right. and uh in case the world goes to hell uh by whatever means you know climate change epidemics whatever you have to be able to persevere and man you're like, what could possibly go wrong? <laughs> and I'll, I'll tell you, I that the incident yeah. took me by surprise because. But, but it's realistic though. It, is. it makes sense. A lot of this All stuff, of it like, is. yeah, and especially for people who even have background in training, that's very believable that those type of people would be involved as well as amateurs. And yeah. and this, so this collection of people that they brought together, as well as the leader of the group. He doesn't seem cultish. He does seem more grounded in his approach. Right. But this situation does bring about a lot of fear and a lot of, you know, kill or be killed situations or, or, or situations where everything might be taken away from them. And to put a lot of people, you know, in a, in a tight knit group, all with that same kind of fear and, and tension is, is a very, very unique and very good idea. Like it, you could easily make the situation a trope and be like, well, you know, we can't get the authorities because blank. 
Like yeah. they they pinpointed the exact reason why you can't bring outsiders into the situation. You right. know, you you can't say, "Oh, it was an accident." You know, "Oh, let's look around your facility. You have yeah. a lot of stuff that's questionable." You know, yeah. it, it can be viewed as being a terrorist organization. Absolutely. So yeah, Elaine is like, "No, we're not bringing anybody." Here's yeah. what we're gonna do. <laughs> um, it was surprising how it unfolded right. after everyone's making their own decisions as to what to do, and basically everything goes to hell. You yeah, know? it I was so it. good. Yeah, I really liked it, and and to me, like of the four we're doing today, I think this one was my favorite. Um, okay. But I also, it was also the film that I was like does this one belong with the other ones? But I still didn't care because I was like, this is pretty dope. And of course there is a crime. Uh, so, you know, it, yep. if it counts and it's a thrill. It loosely so, counts. Yeah. It <laughs> loosely counts. It's not like a bank robbery or something, but yeah, hey, there was, this is there's cool. no blueprint. Right. Yeah. As opposed to the, the next film that we're going to talk about, which is kind of more straight up in, 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 in the real garbage crime films, uh, that, uh, some of these, you know, it's closer to the, uh, the thought of like a triple nine or a den of thieves type thought, uh, uh, one of the, uh, I don't know if you guys appreciate it, one of the IMDb reviewers called this movie The French and the Furious, and I absolutely love it because it's just so spot on. Um, this movie is called Lost Bullet, and I mentioned it probably 12 times already today because uh, it's a movie that, you know, I watched during, uh, you know, this whole pandemic season, uh, 2020, uh, and, and it was one of these just simple movies that for some reason just made me happy, uh, you know, it's it's uh, co-written and directed by Guillaume Perret. Yes, this is a French movie, um, <laughs> that, like just like the last one. We're we're dipping in the French, but this one's more straight up. Uh, this guy, uh, Albin Lenore, who plays Lino, who's the lead role here. He had a small role in Taken, but largely he's a international, you know, star as well. Um, the critical scores were more kind to this one overall. Uh, Seventy-eight Metascore, six point two IMDb, seventy-five percent Tomato Meter. Uh, but 53% audience score. So the audiences didn't love it so much on on uh, Rotten Tomatoes, but I will say uh, this movie is super simple, but a whole lot of fun. It's a movie that you could tell is low budget. It was shot in 38 days, a very you know small movie here, um, and it's just a quality action flick. Uh, the The plot here is a small town, small time delinquent turned police mechanic. Uh, for a go fast tax force, which to me, go fast was one of the things that was just this amorphous thing throughout the movie that I was like, okay, I don't know exactly what they do or what their operation is, but let's just go with it. It's called go fast. It seems very stupid. I don't know. The subtitles maybe are losing that in translation somehow, but we'll call it. <laughs> So uh, basically, it's like these drug runners, uh, you know, Fast and the Furious type, you know, speedster car drug runners. Um, and he's forced to defend his innocence when his mentor is killed by dirty cops. So instantly getting into that garbage crime trope of the dirty cop stuff, um, you know, it's a simple plot with 
uh, you know, the dirty cops stuff, the drugs, fast cars, and brothers looking out for each other. Uh, some great stunts and car chases in here. Um, some really good performance. Uh, solid pacing here. Um, and there, like I said, there are some things in the plot that are either a little unbelievable at times or a little like, you know, tilt your head at. But to me, I don't think it hurts the film overall. Uh, but to me, I think this is definitely worth watching. Uh, Shane, we'll start with you on this one. What did you think about Lost Bullet? Uh, this was the this is my personally my personal favorite movie on this list. <laughs> this would be something I would go to on a Saturday afternoon and totally rewatch this movie and not even think twice about it. Like I'd I'd watch this movie over any of the Fast and the Furious movies. Yeah, if Frank Grillo knew how to speak French, you'd uh, be like, this is my favorite film of all time. You stole my thunder. I was just about to mention Frank Grillo. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this movie is enjoyable. It's fast paced. Yeah, it's not groundbreaking. It doesn't reinvent the action wheel, but who cares? Like the lead character, Lino, I was all into him. I've never seen him before. No. I thought he was great. Great action scenes, like when he breaks out of the police station. Fantastic fight choreography, the the chase scenes, uh, what he does to some of these cars. Um, I thought all the characters were really good playing off each other. Like I said, that last scene was like when he, you know, uh, he's more of a magician than a mechanic. Yeah. Like how, right? When he put like that Mad Max type of thing. Yeah, on his car I loved at the it. End. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was great. It was a nice. Yeah, and some of it's unbelievable, but you know, when it comes to these movies, I just. If it's keeping me entertained, um, I'm entertained. This movie did it in spades for me. Spades. It was so much fun. Was it? Uh, is it spades? Hearts? What? Uh, what is your uh, suit of choice over there, uh, Mister Chris Rodell? What did you think of Lost Bullet? I uh, I didn't get a chance to watch Lost Bullet. Oh, that's right. Uh, but yeah. you know what? By Shane's account, I should because this- if this is his personal favorite out of the four. Over the decline, this has to be right. like gold. It has to well, be gold. You said it. I think it's what you want from it, though, right? Like the, the decline right. has got a little more heavier themes. Like you know, you have to be right. maybe in the right mood for it. Depending, this movie is straight up, you know, action crime thriller stuff where it's just like let's, let's <laughs> like you said, get some Mad Max uh, type car stuff going. You know, attacking people on the highway. You know, uh, you got some like, like you said with uh, you. I think you brought up Chris uh, Assault from Precinct Thirteen. Yeah. Like some of those kind of like in the <laughs> interior, you know, prison uh, cell, yep. you know, fight stuff like the precinct fight stuff. Um, yeah, dope, uh, really cool. Yeah, it works. Although I will say, uh, when I was talking about the unbelievable at times, him taking on literally a whole precinct full of cops. Um, is kind of for for his frame and the fact that we don't know anything about his fighting background. background. We know him as this amazing mechanic, but there, like, if this was uh, a movie that was not, you know, say say that's not a man, I feel like there would be so many people going, "We don't know if she's capable of that." Well, guess what? I say that about men too. <laughs> I don't know if he's capable of that. Was it fun to watch? Sure. But do I know anything about him that makes me think that that's legit? No, but it still didn't bother me enough to hate on the movie. I have one question. Sure. Is there any character in this film that is like Vin Diesel and cares about family? Well, see, this to me, I'm glad you brought up family because this is real family, not La Familia. Like, 
these are two brothers watching out for each other and some real stuff. So to me, this is a, (laughs) for how um, outlandish I keep saying things maybe are at times are unbelievable, you know, it kind of harkens back to like older Fast and the Furious stuff more than like the current over the top version, which I also enjoy. But I just, you know, will say that this uh, is a little more just, you know, it's a it's a simple story. It's a it's oh, it's, it's a survival. Oh, it's on the run. It's you know it's got a lot going on. Well, you know the the dirty always with dirty cops. It's always the element of they could be anywhere, right? And this film really sets that tension well, and and, and just has a lot of fun with it. And, and I think you can just you can't go wrong. You know, if you like this type of film, you'll definitely like Lost Bullet. Yeah, agree, agree. I was just gonna say I, I recognize the decline. It's technically a better film. I'm not saying this is a better no, no, film no, I know. than that, but this would be my go-to. Like it, like the opening scene, just like it had me with that opening scene where he soups up that little buggy car and just <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know yeah. It, it's so impressive to see some of the things that he does, uh, you know, and you know, yeah, that opening scene with him and his brother and when they get caught, all that stuff is just fun to watch them you know obliterate through walls and all this other <laughs> stuff. It, it's it's fun just to, uh because the more we talk about it, i'm just going to end up spoiling the whole damn movie uh but you know even just talking about it it's like it's not spoiler <laughs> territory necessary no, right. it's just gushing about certain action sequences that are just like this is worth the price of admission right here okay uh here's my level sure of 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 liking uh, when I was visiting with Shane, uh, we had watched a movie called Parker, and we oh, both is that the Jason to, Statham film? enjoyed it. Yeah, Jason Statham uh, and uh, 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 Jennifer Lopez. I don't know. She minor actress, um, <laughs> but uh, we saw it, and it's just like it's not good, but it entertained. I don't know, like sure. So I'm not a total snob is what I'm getting at, you know? (laughs) Yeah. And I think that helps though, with some of these films to where, you know, they're kind of leaning more on just unique plot versus being like, well, we have Liam Neeson here or, (laughs) Oh, well we have Jason Statham here. or Oh, we have, you know, Jason Momoa here or whatever. Like just pick some random action star. Jason. Um, yeah. Or the, the the late stage Bruce Willis movies where it's like, oh, God, what is oh, he doing? Uh, you know, just some of these where it's like we have a star. Let's just build something around. It's like these ones, they actually seem like they geared up for some kind of like unique premise that got it sold. And then now let's fill out the roster. Yeah. Um, I could be talking out of my ass a little bit because, again, these are a lot of international film stars that, you know, I don't know how big the products that they're selling over there are, but there is not a lot of crossover success. So as uh, you know, these uh, uh, as an American with my nose in the air, uh, if I don't see you over here, who are you, buddy? I don't know. Let's, let's get over here. Entertain me crossover somewhere. um, And let's do this, Uh, especially with Netflix. You know, there's tons of stuff to like move over and cross over with. So maybe we will see that going forward. Maybe we will have, uh, even just uh, like the writer director, you know, here, like maybe we'll get uh, an Americanized, you know, piece of action mayhem to to chew on over here with those as well, um, which we know we have tons coming up because Shane and I did our action film preview for Netflix coming up uh, in 2021. So 
definitely seek that episode out because there's so yeah. much crazy crap uh, coming up this year for Netflix. Um, and then the last movie here is a film. Uh, you know, it kind of was, you know, the the impetus before Below Zero, where I was like, it was, uh, you know, we're we're immersed in Halloween period because it came out uh, on October 30th. It was just one of those end of the year ones where I was like, what is this? Is that Jean Renault? And I was like, you know, it was one of those like, oh, I actually recognize someone. So this might be an American film. And then I put it on. It's all subtitles. And, you know, it's I don't know uh, this title. I'm, uh, you know, I keep track of these things and I still didn't know what was going on here. But, um, you know, I, I definitely wanted to check it out. Um, it It's, you know, this similar, you know, garbage crime type plot uh it's weird it's one of these films and and again i know both of you haven't seen this film but uh is this on your list at least shane of, of one of the ones you were gonna try to dial up i will say honestly now it is <laughs> <laughs> i'll I'll, ch- I'll check it out now well if if you're doing the math at home i have said nice things about three just hit me. movies this just hit me yep. yeah okay. so this one's not awful but what I will say, for how much we have been praising these hour-and-a-half tight scripts that we enjoy, the premise, and it locks in, this movie is way too much all the time. Uh, this movie is Rogue City. Uh, it is uh, caught in the crosshairs of police corruption and Marseille's warring gangs. A loyal cop must protect his squad by taking matters into his own hands. And anytime you hear in your own hands, you're like, those are, ne- you know, like action buttons that just go, oh, all right, I'm in. That's all you have to hear. Like, you, you know, like it's Death Wish or something, you know, just trying to to, to go through and, and, and take matters into your own hands is always a great time. Um, and it was actually inspired by the Marseille Bar Massacre uh, back in 1978. This is not a film that takes place in 1978, but it was inspired by um, when 10 people were murdered um, in a bar in Marseille. It was kind of this gangland thing uh, that happens. And this movie, uh, I forgot what movie we were talking about Um Oh, uh, the the film A Sun that came out this past year. It's this Korean kind of like really heavy drama that came out that's actually um, potentially up for uh, best foreign language film of the year um, or excuse me, however they categorize that. I'm so used. I just watched the Golden Globes where they label it that. Um, (laughs) But yeah, best international feature. Uh, at the Oscars, it's on the short list right now. But that movie, I, I loved telling everyone that, yeah, it's kind of a heavy drama. But in the first two minutes, some guy gets his hand lopped off with a sword. So you're like, oh, maybe I'll watch this. Yeah. So in, in the same way with this one, where in the first couple minutes, a guy shoots everyone in his house and the dog and himself all in the first two minutes. Wow. <laughs> so... I'm like, whoa, what the hell is this movie going to be about? Um, but with that kind of an opening, it, it definitely grabbed me. But it's it's a wild movie that kind of a shortcut to tell you how I think about this movie. There's uh, a shootout at a drug exchange at the beach uh, in the middle of this movie. And it's pitch black because it's like in the middle of the night, late night, early morning. And you can't make out who anyone is. 
just shooting into the darkness. That is how I felt watching this movie. <laughs> I felt like it's just, hey, here's a lot of people here. I don't feel I know anyone. And there's a bunch of violence and sex and drugs. And so it'll be entertaining. But if you're looking to get a lot out of characters or plot lines, it's way too much. Like, I think I wrote down, like, you know, how we were like, oh, well, if there's a smattering of dirty cops and maybe a little bit more, that's a cool plot line. This movie has dirty cops, rival gangs, drug smuggling, undercover cop getting killed, commissioner is corrupt. It's like this, it's a two-hour movie. <laughs> Buckle it down, guys. Pare it down so that way we can streamline something to where you can win, win this person has to take, you know, the 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 element of the story into his own hands and go with it for the last half of the film let me care let me know what this guy's about let me really go through and and it really uh has a lot of moments here where they just there's so many like we were talking about unbelievable moments in some of the other ones but i was forgiving some of the ones in here i was just like what are you, what are we doing? Why are you even cops? Like this movie and again, I understand that it's, you know, a, a problem of this city that it's like there's a lot of gangs and corruption. But with everybody, everybody. Everybody's a piece of shit. That's what I got to deal with. Everybody's a piece of shit. There's not one good person here. Um and then the way the movie ends, which I'm not going to spoil her, uh it kind of leans into that even more to where you're just like cool, I just watched two hours of I don't care. That That's a good time. Um, and I realize I am sound like I'm way more shitting on this movie. But there is, there is certain things that if you like this genre, I think you'll forgive more. And, and I think there are enough scenes, including uh, a chasing of a criminal down like a fire escape or an escape out of a house where he's completely naked running down is very funny and entertaining to watch but also kind of like you know it's like you know the entertaining of borat when they're fighting and and like their dicks are flopping around and you're like this is insane but also add guns it makes it kind of fun um so and john renault is always good um even though he's been in a, a huge long list of bad movies um, he always plays well into this genre. Uh, people, if you don't know who I'm talking about, how dare you uh, watch yeah. The Professional, uh, Leon The Professional, or The Da Vinci Code, or Mission Impossible, or Ronin back in the day. You know who Jean Renault is. He, he's a staple of these type of films. But, you know, the the, the scores kind of lean a little bit in my favor in terms of me thinking it's not that good. Uh, IMDb is 6.1. There is no tomato meter, which, you know, critics were just like, yeah, whatever. Uh, but so it's like, OK, well, this is a movie geared for the audience like that. the Who likes the gritty crime stuff? Thirty-one uh, percent audience score. So wow. this might be the dud. I, I almost like kind of called you guys because, again, if you guys you guys weren't able to watch the film and I watched it, I was kind of like, well, maybe we could just leave this one off. But <laughs> yeah. um, it's it's worth a gamble but to me again two hours it's too long and it's too long because there's too many plot lines Mm. so you know this movie needed to make some choices that it just didn't so uh i know if if you're saying (laughs) shane without doing the math you're like oh well hey now i'm gonna put it on my list uh you'll probably still be fine 
you know, even if it's something you fell asleep like halfway through, you'd be like, well, I got an hour out of it. That's good. You know, it, it's it's one of those simple, you know, Netflix garbage crime movies. I'm still going to give it a shot. I'm sure you will. <laughs> and again, you're more forgiving with me uh, than me with some of these, you know, genre flicks. So, you know, maybe you'll you'll find more appeal uh, out of it than than I did. But, you know. There's some good performances, there's some good people in here, and there's way more nudity than I thought there was going to be, so at least there's that. Uh, so, uh, could be worse. Uh, you know, I'm sure some of these ones, it's not one of these ones where, like, I got halfway through and I was like, alright, I'm turning this off and we're not going to cover it. I made it through, we're good. Um, but definitely, if you've gotten to this point, um, know that the first three films we spoke about are infinitely better um, so definitely dial those up more. Um, and you know, we were kind of talking off air. There's a million of these movies. It feels like, uh, we had, um, you know, what did you say? Like the beast the and, beast. um, the crew black beach earth and blood. Like there's so many of these movies that Netflix will acquire from time to time. And I feel like, you know, they'll probably have more coming. Uh, especially after I said, you know, there's a new Liam Neeson movie that they just uh, acquired that's in post-production right now, so we might see that by the end of the year. So definitely stay tuned for that because we might do this again. Who the hell knows? Uh, but we keep seeing these in the top ten, so eventually we're going to have to talk about this, and I'm glad at least that I caught those first three films because they were pretty awesome. You know, I, I can't complain, and, and I'm glad you guys were here to kind of sort this through with me, uh, the perfect pair of, you know, enthusiastic about the genre and enthusiastic <laughs> about subtitles, my two favorite guys to, to be here for those things. So thank you guys both for being on here, and I uh, I hope to have you guys on real soon. Thanks oh, absolutely. It was a pleasure. Yep. Like I, t- I told you before, I'm like the Crash Davis. I'm being called up to the bigs, but I know where my spot is. So it's yeah. always a blast talking these films with you. Perfect, man. We'll have to we'll have to trade for some uh, some tips in the gym, man, because you're looking <laughs> looking swole, looking good, even for a pandemic. So we'll have to take some tips soon enough. But thank you guys again for both coming on. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Thank you.